I'm waiting for it to pop up on YouTube here. Sound check. Sound check. Sound check. Yeah, you are my fire, the one desire, believe when I say I want it that way. But we are two worlds apart, can't reach to your heart. When you say that I want it that way, and tell me why, ain't nothing but a heartache. And tell me why, ain't nothing but a mistake. And tell me why, I never want to hear you say, I want it that Am I your fire, your one desire? Yes, I know it's too late, but I want it that way. Tell me why ain't, ain't nothing, nothing but, but a heartache. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I never want to hear you say I want it that way. Now I can see that we're falling apart from the way that it used to be. Yeah. No, no matter, matter the distance, distance, I want you to you know, know that deep down inside, inside of me, you are my fire, the one desire. You are, you are, you are, you are. You are. Don't wanna hear you. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a mistake. <laughs> Tell me why I never want you say. I want it that way. Tell me why ain't Tell me why I never want to hear you say. Never want to hear you say. I want it that way. Cause I want it that way. Oh, welcome back to Tin Street Hooligans. Girl, we're so glad that you can make it here tonight. 
I'd like to introduce the other hooligans. Well, my name is John, but take it away, Zuby. Hey, this is Zuby from Magic with Zuby here. <clears throat> How you all doing out there tonight in YouTube land? That's right. And also joining us tonight, another hooligan, Mr. Johnny the Slivers. Uh, 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 <laughs> I feel nauseous. <laughs> Dude, you did wonderful. Uh, God, we, am I dead yet? And for Maybe. the very first time, Seth, Mountain Man MTG joining us. Man, you, uh, what a show to, to guest on. <laughs> Dude, you've yeah, got some you, vocals, bro. I, I, uh, Yes. <laughs> um, oh, Rhino throwing shade, asking if this is the thumbs down episode. Oh, no, Frank saying never do that again. I'm sorry, Damn. we have to do this some more. Yes. Oh my God. Well, to the first one to prepare. Bye, bye, bye. Right now. No. Let's sure. see. Pixies, holy lord. Oh my God. <laughs> How long does this go for? <laughs> oh, my God. oh man! <laughs> hey, uh, at least, at least Eric done. is there and says, you know, I can't thumbs up this uh, enough times. <laughs> Cheers, Eric. Yes, I'm, thank I'm you, Eric. At least we have a fan. Can I thumbs down this? Is that okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> if you thumbs down this, you're done. You're out of the band. That's right, <laughs> dick. <laughs> and we, we are missing a hooligan. Um, coach died of a nugget overdose. Uh, <laughs> I'm very sad about it. <laughs> He's the one that really brought our harmonies together, so it's definitely his fault if you feel like the pitch was off. That's true. I mean, we did rehearse a whole two times. <laughs> it was more like it was like two and a half minutes of rehearsing. It oh, was, yeah. <laughs> it was. We got plenty of we got plenty of rehearsing in. That's Lord, true. I apologize. <laughs> Jesus, oh. forgive us all for that sin. Hey, we will, hey the at first least we were rapping. Tough, you know, we're be just fine. <coughs> hey, I heard you get a hundred thousand subscribers if you're a rapper on this. Big fan. Oh, look at this guy! Look at this guy with the shade. We're just gonna move on, move on. Uh, hey, but thank you. The the our band manager, you know, Ted and Efren, uh, Doctor Efren, got promoted uh, to Cardsphere. Dot com. If you have all the, the paper magics that you want to buy, sell, and trade online, go to cardsphere.com. Zuby's got a hat. Sliver's got a hat. Seth don't got a hat, but that's okay. We love him anyway. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so go, got, go there. I got my hat on to show where Wyoming is because apparently someone tweeted out that Wyoming is a fake place. So I had to just <laughs> say that's real. See? Are they wrong? Easy. <laughs> wait do you live in wyoming yeah i live in jackson which i will say the rest of the state i could see why people are questioning if it exists because it's just one big flat area sure. but jackson's I've always sweet. wanted to go to wyoming you, well you should definitely hit up jackson yellowstone's the first national park ever that's kind of cool half the world's active geysers are there sort of Man. thing this dude's talking about geysers now all right fine all right, Final, this, go this to is Wyoming. a kid's show, John. This They're is very reliable on their timing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Wyoming. It's funny that you live in Wyoming for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is uh, my son today said, I really want to go to Wyoming. I said, why? And he said, because it's the only state that's shaped like almost like a perfect box. And I said, okay, that's good enough for me. So <laughs> apparently we're going to go visit Seth in Wyoming in his box state. Sweet. We'll have a good time. Like, like really cheap there too, like a hundred bucks maybe probably. Sure. Not to Jackson though. Jackson's like yeah. uber expensive. 
I need a beer. I'll be back. <laughs> hey, I'm actually drinking for once too. Are you really? Yeah. What do you have? I have Arnold Palmer spiked. Oh, I love Arnold Palmer's. Look at you. That's I a know. premium selection. Uh, oh, man. Maybe. What do you, you got a special guest, Seth? Uh, this is my blender bottle. Okay. Brought to you by Blender Bottle. With nice. You're like uh, you're filling in for Coach quite nicely. You got the mystery cup. Yeah, yeah. High altitude yeah. H2O. Sure. Uh, celebrities, what do, what do you got as far as your special guest goes tonight? Double bag. Double I'm bag. just on the long trail kick, and it's it's more alcohol, so I need that. So yeah, it's seven point two percent alcohol by volume. Sure. So. I I have a holdover tonight. I got the Silver City Tropic Haze. This thing is super juicy. Just mm, a nice, nice. big uh, tropical IPA. Uh, I like it. It's good. Uh, gentlemen. Oh, Johnny, you got the um, what we're talking about as far as the um, what is it called? Uh, what what uh, do we do here? What are we doing? It's a show. It's a thing. I think the two primary topics tonight are going to be the article by oh my god, Richard. No, I meant the 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 uh, thing that we focus on charity event thing. Oh, that. Wait a minute. It's a new month. <gasps> oh god. So we're going to go ahead and roll on over and stick with, uh, we're going to keep running. We're going to run one more week of, um, what was that charity? I should know. Oh well, it's, it's the depression and suicide uh, yeah, prevention the, one. Awareness. I'm going to find the, I'll, I'm going to find the, find that in here real quick. And then we'll get that. Which I'm away. sorry to bring down the mood and everything, but I mean, that's kind of relevant. I mean, Zuby, you're, you're dealing with a lot of stuff right now with that. Um, yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot, but that is something that I still want to, to roll over uh, us and Spencer Howland um, from uh, constructive criticism. We've been kind of dual spearheading this uh, focus group because, you know, mental health, like I said, I've, I've dealt with that with my family in the past. Uh, Spencer also uh, deals with it personally. And now Zuby's uh, going through a bunch of struggles as well. So here we go. I got, I got it pulled up here. This is their Twitter page. This is the DBSA, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. And we go right here and click onto the website where you're going to find, once it loads, all your options for crisis and hotlines, donation pages where you can go and make donations to help the cause, and all the other information you need related to the related to health and mental health and wellness. And this is the page you go to. So the uh, Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. We're going to give it one more one more bump this week. And uh, if you're feeling like you want to give to something worth donating to, this is the charity to go for. And you know, save that five bucks on a booster and send it their way. No, that's, oh. that's good. And I think we lost John's audio. Sorry, John, I'm back. Losing? No, there you go. Yeah, I, I hit mute because I had a sneeze. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, dude, welcome back, dude. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Officially, welcome back. You did have a cameo appearance in our last episode with King of Jank. Um, so it's good. It's always good to have you back. You're one of the OG hooligans. So uh, thanks. And I'm gonna try. Back. And I'm gonna try to be back from now on. Sure. All right. All right cool. It's, um, you know. I mean, just like in the last episode, it's my life is crazy right now. Don't know what's going on from one day to the next because of my daughter. So I will do my best. 
Absolutely. That's all we could ask, sir. Um, let's do, as we do with like the, the, the special guests, let's do it kind of like a little mini hive mind, just kind of get to know our buddy Seth Mountain Man MTG a little bit. Uh, you, you do some fantastic stuff. I personally found you through, uh, you know, just like Twitter and everything, but the specifically the video you did uh, about the, the whole, uh, and it's very current. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, you know, more on that later tonight. Uh, just, just kind of an LGS being a library and stuff like that. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your, your channel, sir, and introduce every, or introduce yourself to everyone. Sure. So I am Seth and I do the channel mountain man magic. I was going to go with my first name, Seth, but everyone's got already got Seth better known as Saffron Olive. So I was like, I'm just going to run with Mountain Man Magic. I'm not sure how the whole misnomer pseudonym channel name thing goes, but I uh, I just wanted a hobby. So I got into just trying to make YouTube videos, thought I could get some humor into doing pack openings and stuff, but those are really expensive videos to make. And I was like, you know what? I love drafting. Let's just try and do some drafting stuff, limited focus content. So that's a, a majority of what my channel's around. And now I'm really focused on Besides doing the regular kind of like new set stuff, draft stuff, I'm trying to get stuff where I'm trying to get new people into the game and showing people how to play Magic. Like right now I am working with our local library to try and get a draft set up for the kids in town, which I think will be really sweet. We actually just touched base, me and the event coordinator there, and it looks like we're going to be able to put a free draft on for a lot of the middle school and high school age kids in the first week in December, which I'm very excited about. I get married the week before that, so ah, it'll be a pretty quick turnaround. But yeah, oh, thanks. Damn, man. nice. Big doings in Wyoming. Yeah, big big things in Wyoming. We used to actually have an LGS here, but apparently it, it just left town, and now we haven't been able to find someone that can get WPN status. So hopefully I can at least try and fill that void a little bit. We'll see what happens. But overall, man, I'm just about laughing and drafting. That's what I said in one video, and I, I feel like it just sticks. I love the Magic community. That's really cool just get to meet y'all like through Twitter and watching these videos and just seeing all the people that are active in the community. And overall, it's just an awesome game. Love playing it, love sharing it with people, and – I was just really happy to that you invited me onto this pretty sweet show. Oh well, well, thank you, sir. You don't have to suck up anymore. You're here. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't think no, I'm, up. Like, I'm just genuinely happy to be here, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you for being here, kind of on short notice too. And you're not only a perfect person to have on because you know uh, I'm a fan of, of the videos you do, sir. But also with how current, like I said, our topic's going to be, and you're a great uh, member of a boy band, so. You're the six six uh, missing member of the Backstreet Boys. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I was happy about all that until the last part. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you got against Backstreet Boys? Right? No, no, there, there was a sixth member of the Backstreet Boys. Was there really? Yeah, and he got kicked out. I because- told you he was the guy that would know about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. No, to keep talking. Yeah, Screw so, magic. Keep yeah, going. I, yeah. Happens, I, I don't even want to talk about magic. Yeah. Whenever, what, whenever what they do magic? their live performances, apparently he kind of went off book and just started doing his crazy dancing, and he called it Sparkle. And <laughs> they just said, yeah, that's not going to cut it. Uh, we're going to have to leave you here, like wherever they were in Florida or something. And <laughs> the, the five proceeded onward. Is it Zuby? <gasps> Zuby, you live in Florida. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, actually, no. I was I was a part of NSYNC first. Oh, okay. Yeah, part of the better boy band, actually. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that's for the hundredth episode. We'll do bye 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 or something. Oh, I don't know. God, sparkle. Oh. <laughs> Johnny's like lost in, in thought. Now. I'm just I'm just picturing I mean, this person saying from Florida that doesn't face. sound very strange to me. 
was he from Florida? That's the other thing. They're all like, from Florida, aren't they? What? I the think whole J- JTT is from, uh, or JTT, that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, Justin Timberlake's from LA, I think, right? I don't know. Are we talk? We're talking about this. Are we talking about this? This is happening. <laughs> this is happening right now. This is real life. Hey, another thing that happened in real life uh, is John actually played Magic, Magic: The Gathering. Oh my God, I haven't played in like a year. Whoa. I went to the and you have a Magic show. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trying to ruin me? Yeah. <laughs> There, only you guys are supposed to know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Hey, um, people know that clearly from when they listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the singing and pizzazz uh, comes from. Hey, don't look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, misdirection. That's what we do here. Uh, no, but we play. Uh, That's a magic card. It? <laughs> There's magic cards in my hand. Uh, <laughs> Guilds of Guilds of Ravnica came out, and you know if you if you flash back to our first our very first Ten Street Hooligans show, we were all just like very like like grumpus about returning to returning to Ravnica already. Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, somehow like like a couple of weeks ago, I started really switching my tune, and holy shit, was this is this set just like awesome? And I'm so glad to have pre-released it. Did you guys get to pre-release this as well? I did. I got to pre-release it. Nice. Yeah, I did it to it a giant. I wanted to stick around for a solo event, but we have to drive like almost two hours to the nearest LGS. Damn, son. Yeah, I had to stick around. Ah, it stings. But pre-releases are so worth it, you know. And we we actually had a group of six roll up in this card shop, and it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Johnny, you are the odd man out on this one. Uh, I have not been to a pre-release since. Wait, I got to M19. Holy crap! I was M19 after all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's before M19. I think the last pre-release I saw was uh, Battle for Zendikar. So it, I don't, I don't get to those often. That doesn't even seem that long ago, but I guess it is. I mean, it's considered old now. Mm. I think I'm the same way. I, didn't, I, I haven't gone since Battle, and before that, I don't think I went since like Journey to Nick. So, yeah, it's Damn. it's it was yeah, it's been a minute for me. Uh, pre-releases, I think Sealed. Um, you know, I, I love me some Modern. I love me some EDH, but I think Sealed might be my favorite format. Definitely my favorite limited format. Drafting is fun, but there's just something about like here's what you have. It, it's very old school, right? It's like you, you feel like you have those old school like Tempest starter decks again, mm-hmm. and it's like try to make a deck with it, but you actually are making a deck with it. And it's oh my god, uh, this it was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Seth, why don't we start with you? So let's kind of tell us about what you drafted, the uh, guild wise, and any sweet pools and all that good stuff. Yeah, so we, two at a giant, they did let us pick our kits. So we went Demir for myself and then Selesnia for the lady. Me and my fiance are the tag team. Look at you. Awesome. We, I got Thief of Sanity as my promo, and she got the elephant that everything that helps convoke it out gets a 1 1 counter. Dude, Overall, that's a good had, one. Yeah, yeah. We had like two really solid decks. The first game, we were super mana flooded, and we ended up bringing it back. We were about to lose to the. The Golgari Lich, the one that can get indestructible and just a pain to deal with. But I had the Demir split card that returns highest cost permanent, then they have to discard a card. That was her highest cost permanent in play. She had no other cards in her hand, so that bounced it. Then she had to discard it, and then the next turn I top decked my Thief of Sanity, and then we ended up winning by decking her because the 
Lich had already dug through like 12 or 15 cards. Oh, nice. So oh. that was an easy way to win. The second game, me and the fiance's decks like just rolled. You know, when you just have that perfect curve out, your opponents kind of stumble even a little bit, and we just ran them over. And then the third game, we played against these two dudes that steamrolled me the last pre-release. One of them was a judge, and the other one is just a really solid player. And they, they had pretty sweet pools, but they went Boros and Demir, and they had a sweet curve out. They went multiple Sky Sky Legionnaires, whatever mm -hmm. the 2-2 two -two Flying Haste are, and pumped them up, and we just got obliterated. So that was pretty exciting. But overall, we were pretty happy. Got 2-1. I think there was like 17 teams. And then we also went with two other teams that both had a person who literally learned Magic the week, like last week. So that was really fun. They all won at least one game, which is really cool to see. And my buddy had this really cool play, which I'm going to shout out. I brought it up in my limited video or whatever I just released today. But uh, So, you know, Awkward Assassin, probably my favorite card in the set right now. When you attack with it, it has to be blocked by all creatures, and then it has Death Touch. His opponent put the Glaive of the Guild pack, so it was this huge card. He's about to attack with it. And then my friend, with his Passwall Adept, made it unblockable so that it just swung through, and then he was able to swing for the win next turn. And his opponent didn't see that move. He didn't even see it until it just kind of dawned on him as he went to combat. And I thought that was a pretty sweet little interaction. Nice. No one, I've, I haven't heard anyone else talk about it. So I was like, hey, there's a little workaround for the Demir. Is it players against the, the Golgari you know, potential win condition alpha strike. Ah, sneaky. Kind of like yeah. when I like that. Kind of like I like how like using sign and blood against your opponent when they are down to two life. It's like, ha! Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a great combo too because you remember like us old folks uh, may, you know maybe johnny and zuby remembers this i don't um i don't know how long you've been playing seth but when when like to get that kind of a effect off with the whole lure and uh and and like the death touch thing you had to have the the actual card you well you had to have a creature then you had to have the actual enchant creature lure and then you had to have uh basilisk or something like that. No, no, no. You would enchant Basilisk. Uh, it's I'm it's it's been a long it time. Was, You're confused. Basilisk me. gets enchanted with lore because it, <laughs> right. the, the wording on yeah. Basilisk was anything that it that blocks it dies. It didn't have that any, mm -hmm. nothing to do yeah, with damage. Death, death right. touch wasn't around back then. That was right. Green's Wrath of God back then. Yeah. But it was yeah. like but I remember making decks like that, like constructed decks around a a I think Basilisk was what uh, a five casting cost green creature for like a, it was like a two two, and then you'd have to throw like a one green green lure on it, and that was just like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever because like you said, it was like a green wrath, but now they're just printing i th I think that elf is what uncommon at most which yeah. elf are you talking about? Oh, the Ocran assassin, yeah, yeah, Ocran assassin's uncommon. Yeah, so just like context, I started playing, I want to say it was around the Urza's block, Tempest, I remember all that. I played Invasion a bit, Apocalypse, and then I fell out of it. And then I you know, I got into my later high school, college years, and was just really involved with sports. And then I moved to Columbus after college, where I never played any Magic. They have a GP there, they have, I don't know how many card stores. And then I moved out to Jackson, Wyoming, and one dude's like, hey, have you ever played D&D &D or Magic? And my head almost like flew off my body, because I was like, yes, please, can bring this back. My fiance had to do a double take because she was like, I had no idea how much of a nerd you were. This is concerning, <laughs> but I guess we'll get through it together. And uh, and then we both started going to pre-releases together for Ixalan. It was when we got back into it. So I'm kind of bummed that I don't have a, you know an LGS. That's definitely a, a bummer, but overall, man, it's yeah, I, I have a decent, you know, bearing context, no, knowledge of, of cards and strategies and all that fun stuff. Nice. Uh, Zoo, how how did your pre-release go? 
Um, didn't go too bad. It was it was a rather small pre-release, so we only had three rounds going. So I went two one with Demir. Um, had a really sweet deck. Ended up getting second place with it. Um, the round I lost was due to mana or yeah, mana screw. Um, Is that your not... box right there behind you? Uh, what box? Oh yeah, 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 back over there. Yeah. Um, and then um, what was it? I pulled my promo was a mission briefing, a promo mission briefing. Nice. Um, I didn't use it though because it was kind of useless in my deck. And then I also got a Ral. Is it Viceroy Planeswalker, which was surprisingly pretty damn good for allowing me to just dig through my deck. Is how I used them mainly. And um, so I built a Grixis. Well, it was mainly Demir splashing red um, Grixis type deck. And it was just stupid with all the surveil mechanics I had. And it surveils just totally bonkers in this set, especially when it comes to limited. I have some. I have data on surveil, actually. Oh, um, nice. Here we go. You. I at, because I couldn't get to play the pre-release, I did ask this question because we all knew Surveil was going to do something. So we got 73 votes. 44% say it's amazing. 41 said it's good. And I 15% said meh. So they I don't know what happened there. But basically, yeah, it was Surveil rocks it. And I think, John, you and I were talking about this, and it was pretty much like if they had two, I honestly, if they had two two cards, two one CMC surveil cards that were playable in modern in any capacity then it would be busted it would be it would be taking over modern it'd be doing a whole bunch with like eight cards that surveil for one in in dredge would just just destroy it would be insane yep and and i think it, i think it is as good as advertised um i you know we've been talking about we ranked what we thought was going to be the the highest uh, or the most powerful mechanics of this set and i think surveil is as good as we thought it would be it just it just smooths everything it, it fixes the top of your library and it just is best friends with the is it mechanic uh jumpstart yeah. and the golgari mechanic in undergrowth and it's just it's you know surveil isn't going to win you the game but it's the michael myers of uh, mechanics because it's just an inevitability. It's like you get to fix everything, and if you have a decent engine like like the bug and like the the guild mage, it, it's really hard to overcome. Do I think it's broken? Like I thought it might be. I don't think so. I think it's just scry and better. But I mean, who doesn't love scry? Um, people who like surveil more don't like. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, what is the meme with the guy looking over his shoulder with the girlfriend and the new girl, and then it'll be like player scry surveil looking over his shoulder kind of thing? Yeah, hell yeah, man. Sure. Pretty much how it is. As soon as I saw surveil, I'm like, I'm like, boss, bye, Felicia, bye, bye, scry. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Yeah, and that mythic rare demon that's pay two life surveil two. That oh thing is God. that's ridiculous. My fiance pulled that. That was what like made my deck because my pool was pretty weak, but she with her Selesnia. Guild kit pulled the best Demir cards I could hope for, and sure. just playing the thing that's was hilarious. Oh, this is so stupid. So, <laughs> and that's yeah, retarded. That says something yeah. because we're like unanimous. The three people here that that played the pre-release, we all chose Demir. I did not get to. It was a random uh, selection because our the the place that I went to, Geek Fortress, which is an absolutely fantastic place. You get some really cool like magic people that go there too. It's like uh, like TJ Rogers goes, uh, Marshall Sutcliffe goes uh, every once in a while. There, there's just some really cool community members uh, that are in the Washington area that that show up to Geek Fortress. 
Um, but it was such a big event. I think it was like a 60 person event. And so, yeah, nice. you know, the owner's just like, I, I can't afford to let everyone choose because then I'll be out of Golgari like this and I'll have all the, is it, you know, just kind of left over on Sunday uh, for, for that event. So they just kind of called our names. I was like in the middle and I'm just like the whole time. I'm just like, Oh, I just went to mirror so bad. And then when I went up there, I, I saw a box full and it was, of course it was, isn't it, is it Celestine? I think one Boros. So I'm like, okay. So I grabbed the Boros, but then I walked over to the side of the counter and there was one single Demir in there. And I just threw the Boros down as fast as I could. And I picked up the Demir <laughs> and it was just, Oh my God. It was just so fucking good though. Like, did you guys go strictly uh, Demir or did you guys splash a third color? So I had, um, <laughs> is it, or sorry, not is it whatever the thousand eyes, Person, chick that makes all Ioni the or something. Yeah, yeah, makes all the insect tokens. I wanted to yeah. splash her, but she was too green. So I was like, oh, that hurts. And then with uh, the fiance already playing Selesnia, most of the green cards just went to her anyway. So there, yeah, we didn't have any good bombs in that regard. And I will say, like, Golgari just felt like a weaker guild. Like, it's got to be bottom one or two guilds in, in this format so far for me. I completely agree. I think it's the bottom guild in terms of limited. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, which one? I'm sorry, the Golgari. chat's going weird. Golgari. You think that the that Golgari's the bottom? Easily. Yes. Out of all of them, it's easily. I mean, not that it's not bad, but when it comes to at least supporting the undergrowth mechanic, I mean, you don't want a lot of creatures in your graveyard to begin with. I mean... Yeah, for you limited, know. you just don't have enough options to get them in there. Now, I will yeah. say, with it having black, there's so much good black removal that that kind of salvages it, but... sure. Same hand, Demir has the same access to black removal, so I'd rather have the surveil mechanic with the ridiculous uncommons it has, the ridiculous top end uh, mythics that it has. I, I just feel like it's a better version of whatever you know Golgar is trying to do. They do synergize well together, but I would pick Demir yeah. 99 out of 100 times. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. In, in the LGS that I went to, um, it, it was... Golgari, everyone went for Golgari and with good reason. Assassin's Trophy, yeah. Because of, of Assassin's Trophy, exactly. And I don't think anyone pulled the, the foil stamped <laughs> one, but, but it seemed like every third pre release kit open, they opened an Assassin's Trophy. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, high fives all around. Um, but I'll, I'll go through some of my, my greatest hits. Um, I didn't want this card. I wanted, if anything, in Demir, I wanted Lazav, but I wound up getting the Atrada. And oh, yeah. oh, nice, man. It was just the best. I mean, it just wipes out like their best thing. And it's 40 cards. So, of course, you're going to see her again. Uh, a big flying body. Especially with Surveil being able to try to dig it out again, too. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, it was just, it was so, it performed so much better than I thought. I wound up going Sultai because I pulled this. I totally read this. Oh, oh yeah. Collector. Oh my freaking god! This thing took this thing by itself won me two games because I thought it was just death triggers. Yeah. Oh man! No, no. Enter the battlefield too, and dude, that freaking card is going up in price, dude. Bro. This thing it's was. Up. There's a lot of deck techs out there with it right now, just blowing up on YouTube. As it should, like uh, I think yeah, Wedge cause... did a, a Celestia Elves deck or something. That thing looks sweet. Yeah, Celestia Elves. You can do tokens. You can do a mono green Stompy with it too. Yeah, I mean uh, it's ridiculous. This guy, uh, so I pulled a pretty how, good. How how is Hatchery Spider? Because on on the face of it, I mean, like I said, the undergrowth mechanic is where it's going to be good. But even right. for a six mana, what is it? A five four or four five? It's seven. It's seven oh, mana. 
No, or seven mana. What's the tower power and toughness? Five seven reach. Oh, five five seven. Okay. I mean, even that by itself is not too bad for a bomb. But how was the undergrowth mechanic for that? Because to me, it felt kind of weak. It it for... was only in my deck because it green was a splash, and I never you know. got that trigger. But still, the five seven body was was super relevant. This yeah. this was the all star of the deck. Oh, I mean, dude, Demir's spy bug is ridiculous. Right. I, I you, should just it, do it, this. If your opponent is playing Demir Spybug, you need to kill that right away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that one of those bolt the bird scenarios? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because it, it, it can get out of control quickly. This was the real Stormcrow, like real deal, right? It's like this with House Demir or uh, uh, House Guild Mage. It was an oh, engine. No, or that, that or Night Veil Sprite, too. Yeah, Nightville Sprite's probably one of my favorite uncommons. And it feels like yep. it's getting ignore ignored in a lot of the videos about like best draft commons, uncommons. Dude. Night Veil Sprite, Demir Spybug, and then Disinformation Campaign is oh my stupid. Disinformation Campaign was amazing in 2 a Giant because there was just oh, stupid card yeah. Dude, I, Disinformation Campaign was probably my MVP in my in my pre-release deck. Because I, 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 I freaking cast that so many times. I had so much hand disruption. I didn't get any of that, but I, I did get the good creep like Sprite and and this guy right here. Oh, you got uh, the Phantasm. Oh, yeah. oh, Phantasm. Nice. I didn't. I didn't pull one out of mine. Oh my god! It, and it's like, such a good card too. These might be constructed playable. Nah, I, I don't know about the Phantasm. Really? It is feels like it's, it, to... it feels like it's too slow. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't get it out turn one, especially you're yeah you know, you're tired. yeah yeah you're behind already. Sure. That with Night Veil Sprite is good if you have a deck that surveil actually matters. Right. You know, but the defender, yeah, that one that one's kind of hard for me to play it. I feel like I'd want to be doing something else in blue. Dark Blade Agent was pretty sweet. I don't know if you guys pulled that one. Uh, is that the one where whenever you surveil, you de deals combat damage, you draw a card? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that that one's pretty good too. And gets death touch. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, that too. This I, thing I, was I, sweet. Uh which that's, one's that? That's oh, a, under City Uprising. Oh, under City Uprising. Yeah, that's like best common for sure. Oh my god, this thing. You think uh, that's the best common? I, I found um, Artful Takedown to be really good common too. No, yeah, yeah, for Golgari, that's like their best. Oh, specific. for Golgari. Okay, yeah. okay. And then yeah. the other, the ones that I didn't play, I got one of these, uh, which I'm which sure is great. This is the uh, March of the Multitudes. Oh, oh that's okay. A, that's turning into a money card too. Is it yeah. really now? Yeah, I think it's around 15. I was last night at my LGS, no. I was playing Commander and someone was like, "Oh my god, this thing's 15." I didn't even know it was a mythic until like I got home. And then this like split Boros card, which I think you were talking about Seth, right? Yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was it was incredible. I I did my play did the disservice for me. I mean, it was I went to the midnight pre-release. I'm an old man. Oh, I worked dude. a 9-hour <laughs> shift before I, exactly. Why? I, I was Done. I can't do that anymore, bro. Yeah, uh, uh, that was Too the only much. time I could do it. I wish they do those, or I wish they like open things up and let people, let stores do like move that midnight to a normal time, like six p.m. For the love of God, because you people would yeah, because it, it's it's ridiculous. It's, people would play more events. I mean, it's, it's dumb. At least yeah. nine nine p.m. Right, like something I, or like even eight something a little bit more reasonable but like people were hanging on for like three packs until like four in the morning i'm like i can't i scrubbed out after three i yeah, want life's too games. short to be be struggling just to get you know through saturday for eight dollars and yeah 
Yeah. And I had to drive like, I don't know, 30, 35 minutes and like pitch black, like oh, back, dude. backwards Fuck highways. That. It was nuts. And people were drinking too. Everyone's like, yeah, you want a shot? I'm like, not tonight. And you know, <laughs> that was a smart move at least. Sure. Yeah, the last midnight pre-release I did was Shadows Over Innistrad, and I had a fucking amazing deck too. I pulled the Soren Planeswalker. I pulled every single blue-white or white-black card you'd want in a draft, and I won the first two rounds. And I'm like two zero, and I'm like, I played the third round. I beat beat him, and I'm like, dude, you're gonna have the win. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> The one, the one loss that I that I got on the chin, and I didn't even care, like, because it was just awesome. The dude pulled like a foil stamped uh, thousand year old storm, and he killed me with a Niv Mizzet. And I'm just like, I was in awe of this guy's deck. It was like everything that the is it, like, and he was just like, I, I was the last one here. This was the only thing left. And he's like, I, it, I didn't want to play Is It, but damn. And he basically stormed me to death, and I was just like loving every minute of oh, it. Oh, I would have, I would have been giddy with joy if that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> your opponent high five should beat in face with Is It. Yeah, I just wish Is It had more Jumpstart cards because there's only ten Jumpstart cards in the whole set, which is I know, I know. I wish it did have more, but I feel like it'd be almost too powerful. Yeah, they if had they to did. balance it. Yeah, they're, wait, for sure. they're waiting for the third set. Ooh, that's yeah, not fair because all of them went it like Demir got all like the whole set is surveil cards. Right? Yeah, Demir got like 22, 21 surveil cards, and then hey, how yeah. about ooh, what if they did a serum visions jumpstart card? Ooh. Oh my god, I just got <laughs> fucking rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're gonna print assassin's trophy, why not? I mean, that I know, right? Like Come on. Give blue something. Stop. Yes, stop. that's true. Is like that. That's basically wizards saying <laughs> f all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I I saw my my favorite part of the night was watching someone playing a like a straight up Boris deck and him uh, forcing an assassin's trophy and casting it. I was just like, he lost, but I was just like, <laughs> hell yeah, you got there, dude. Yeah, man. Dude, can we also talk about my favorite counter spell? Of the set too, the ionize. Dude, oh, okay. Dude, my favorite counter spell hands down in standard right now. Uh bye bye. Uh, what's the Aether Revolt one? Um oh. the disallow? Yeah, disallow. Bye bye disallow. Ionize is my new best friend now. So that's it, that's it, the, the counter shock, right? Yeah, yeah. counter shock. Cause you know, if I'm gonna I obviously I want to burn people. You know, disallow is technically the better counter spell, but I like ionize. Sure. So, like, do you all have a preferred guild or color combo that I should be aware of before I start slinging mud at anything but Orzov? Because Orzov is terrible. Shut the fuck off! <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and Demir are the best. Simic is the worst. Simic's bad. You take that the fuck back. No, I will not. You have fun with Graft again when that's the returning mechanic guild. No, we'll get Hellbent back. It'll be Hellbent. That's what's going to happen. Oh, it'll be Hellbent or Heckbent. <laughs> it's, it's a children's card game, remember. Please give me back. If you are going to bring something back, do Unleash, because Unleash in in Limited I is so Unleashed. much fun. Oh Absolutely. my gosh, I loved playing that. I even made a shitty casual Unleash deck. Hell yeah. And it I, was so bad, but I loved it. I will play, if they bring back Unleash, I will forsake the Orzov and go... That's right. That's right. Yeah. Get rid of that crap guild. I mean, <laughs> you know what? No, what will happen is they'll bring <laughs> they'll bring back one of the cynic abilities, so the thought bound phantasm becomes viable. What's a fuck bound phantasm? 
Well, I'm just hesitant about anything with blue because Nexus of Fate decks were so painfully fun to watch that. You know, I don't, <laughs> getting back what, to you that, don't like, you don't like Nexus of Fate. Oh, I, it's my favorite. How, and how amazingly He's, awesome it's fun to watch for you know casual players. Yeah. Turbo fog. Seth speaks sarcasm. I like it. Oh, no, he sings what? well and sarcasms well. You're too kind. So so oh, how, how long how long have you been playing Magic again, Seth? Like thirty years. No, like uh, <laughs> so so for a, a while, solid, like four years of Magic under my belt. Oh, okay, so. What's more painful to watch, the Nexus of Fate Turbo Fog deck or that green-white deck from Fates Reforge, where they had um, what was it that manifest where they just kept on creating crazy oh, amounts of life God. gain? You, you yeah. remember what deck I'm talking about? Yes. No one would win. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Just looking at each other. Yeah. Which deck was worse? Because <laughs> at least Turbo Fog can win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the point thought, is, like, I'm just going to gain life until you give up on life is yeah, always a pretty interesting much. take. <laughs> yes, beating your opponent's will to live <laughs> into submission. <laughs> that's the kind of style I can't stand. It's like playing that's, eggs. That's, that's how I've been playing Magic Arena. I've been doing blue-white control on Magic Arena, and oh my god, people will just quit after you counterspell their second spell or something. <laughs> they're just like, nope, fuck this. Because <sighs> oh. they're weak. They're weak. Dude, oh, I mean, I'm I'm weak too when it comes to arena, where I'm just like, okay, I don't have time for this. But. When Turbo Fog is good, it's it's kind of fun, except with Nexus of Fate. But when it was like, uh, like Gate Tribal Turbo Fog, that was kind of fun. It was so fringe and it sucked, but it was fun. But like the last time Turbo Fog was was super sweet was in uh, uh when New Phyrexia came out and you had all like the beasts withins and stuff like that. That was so much fun. Uh, it was a, it was Simic colors, unfortunately, but. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. No, I like when you can... That's why I kind of missed the Amonkhet draft, uh, triple Amonkhet, because you could actually draft Turbo Fog <laughs> in Amonkhet. Sure. The um, one good thing out of Amonkhet. Hey, what are you talking about? There was a lot of good things no, out of Amonkhet's draft. Cool. It was no Ixalan. Ixalan sucks. I'm not yeah, the, I, I was not a fan of the limited of Ixalan. It was so, so linear. It was like, oh, either pick pirates or dinosaurs, or yeah, maybe a little bit of vampires. Yeah, yeah, and then Ravnica kind of, comes around and they're like, here's how you do guilds and colors right. And it's like, oh, whew. Yeah, well, that's why Dominaria, yeah. I love Dominaria because it felt like you oh, could I love play that. whatever, you know, you were, yeah. whatever your seat was meant to play was going to be viable. M19 felt a little stale too, like a little linear and <clears throat> one of maybe four or five color combos you get. Yeah, felt like corsets a are, you, yeah, cor corsets are yeah. normally like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, fair enough. But Guild Ravnica, I'm I'm genuinely impressed. I like that Wizards also made every mechanic kind of have a partner in crime where they do work mm -hmm. fairly well with yeah. a color that can splash into it. I think that was a you know a feather in their cap, as it were. Yeah, so far I'm really liking Guilds of Ravnica draft and sealed, but it's right now I still hold Dominaria higher than Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, but it's still it's still a really I, but maybe my mind will change as I keep drafting it more. And and based you know off of what Seth was saying, like I think because there was all those synergies, Surveil is why the reason there was Surveil had so many cards because it synergizes with Golgari or is it? It's like yeah. you needed enough of those tools to fuel both of those mechanics, and that's probably why we saw that disproportionate number of Surveil cards. Yeah. So, and that how and then, do you feel about is it like where do we rank it? Because I saw some people say it's the worst, and I, I could see that argument. But no. it, it doesn't feel as bad as Golgari. If my dick didn't get kicked so hard into the dirt <laughs> from Is It, I would say Is It. But I so think that, that 
Yeah, I, I think that Selesnia was probably the weakest showing. I, I ran over anything. Oh, Greenway really? Holy some... shit. My my store, Selesnia, was so strong. Was it really? <laughs> oh yeah, that, gosh, that two dude. drop that's a green and a, a white that every time it taps, you get a token into play. That thing yeah, is Amara, just... Amara is yeah. stupid ridiculous. I just and killed then, her. I mean, I went oh, I went over and under Celestia decks and with no with ease with the with the Sultai deck I was running. That, that that was the only round I lost against was Celestia because they just got so many tokens out so quickly and I didn't have any board wipes or anything. See, that's but. why you need Mephitic Vapors, man. People are sleeping on that card for the Demir deck, but you got to have it for the board. No, no, I, I I had Mephitic Vapors in my oh, hand, okay. but but they had um oh fuck, what is it? The uh, Tristani, the Lord. So it's oh, like, oh, look, oh, we're all damn. two twos now. I'm like, oh, great. Now my Mephitic well, Vapor is useless. Yeah. <laughs> well, you died to rares. So, I mean, that's not, you, yeah, that, that, that's, that's like me happen. dying to thousand year old Storm and fucking Niv Mizzet. So it just happens yeah. sometimes. You I, just got to let it happen. Yeah. I would rank, is it probably number four out of five of the guilds? I feel uh, Selesnia, Boros, and Demir are the best three, if I had to say. So you're saying Golgari's the worst. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I had Boros as the worst going into the going into the pre-release because my hope was M19. It was so strong that I wanted it to just take a, a step back. Dude, and I Boros thought maybe is so good in this set. <laughs> like I was, I was just hoping it would stumble. You know, because if you don't curve out well, it's really hard to come back. But it's got some nice top end cards, and it is. It's just so strong. I just yeah, it's ridiculous. There's so many commons, uncommons in that that are just stupid, ridiculously good. I'm I'm surprised. Like if you watch my complete set review of Guilds of Ravnica, throughout the entire thing, I kept on saying, "Holy shit, they made Boros so good in this set." It's and I when I did the sealed on um, Guilds of Ravnica on on the Magic Arena, I mean. I tried to go Demir. I tried to be all like, oh, I'm going Demir just like I did in my regular pre-release. No, as soon as I built it to Boros, I'm like, holy fuck, I just won like four games in a row. <laughs> well, and like like Demir is so good uh, lending its hand to Golgari and is it? I feel yeah. like like Boros had a good top end if you just splash green too. If you went Naya, mm -hmm. like, you had... Oh, dude, yes. Because that's, no, that's what... Yeah, those are all fair points for sure. Yeah, it, it was just like... I was playing a Boros deck and then they just like convoked a giant thing. And I'm like, shit, this isn't supposed to turn into a mid range game. Like I'm playing yeah. against Boros and yeah. I just got killed. And I'm like, wow, Yeah, if you can splash green with Boros, you're going to be very well yeah. off. Yeah, and you, you have, the, you have the mana to support that with the lockets yeah. and, the, and the gates and everything. So there was definitely, I, th that's what I, I mean, I have always sung the praises of Ravnica as far as constructed limited. It's just such a great, like uh, format because mm -hmm. you could do whatever you want. If you want to be aggro, just go straight. You know, Boros. If you want to have a mid range game, you have options with like a like a um, what's it, Abzan kind of thing or a Naya. You could either go low to the ground Naya or big Naya, and then you have your control with Demir, Golgari, all that stuff. Uh, is it as well uh, with Grixis? It was just it just felt so well rounded and magic is just at its best when it's like that, when it's not just yeah. control is good now or aggro is good now. Oh, mono red is winning the pro tour again. You know, it's just so boring. Oh, and it, it's probably What's still wrong with win. mono red winning pro tours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have some fun with mono Rectus red but... player here. I'm, I'm just saying, come on. I, I would not be surprised if mono red still has a big, strong, a big, strong presence opening with this new meta. At yeah, least. there were some pros tweeting about it today that Mono Red still looks real strong. I yeah. think what was the what was it the Steamkin 
combo with um, yeah runaway steamkin runaway sim steamkin with risk factors is a thing especially and somebody was some i one of one of the people on twitter that i'm linked up with they're they're they made a pro tour so they're talking about that and that was the thing i like i asked him like is the fact that it's instant speed make it that much better than browbeat and he's like yes absolutely because end of turn combo off with steamkin the value is just is there's so much value there and i'm like sure. that makes sense and and the instant speed that's what changed it like yeah it's one less damage but it's the end of their turn like it's if, everything yeah if i'm thinking as a burn player if i if i'm thinking if i'm playing modern i a burn and i've got three mana up because i want to try and fake them out and then i go risk factor end of their turn after they've used up whatever or they have to who wants to waste a counter spell on risk factor? They're either going to take that hit or they're going to, or they're going to let you. Draw I know. And I love that card. That risk factor is just such an interesting design yep. to where I love cards where you have to make a choice and no matter what choice your opponent makes, it's going to be detrimental for them. Yes. And so. the fact that they have to make that choice on their turn, I, that that's, the, yeah. that was the thing that blows me away. It's like they shifted from sorcery to instant and it just completely yeah. changed the card. And it well, was, that, that was awesome to see them making that move. Mm -hmm. It's super hard to get those cards right because punisher mechanics are just so bad. You don't want to give you like the, the choices you want to give your opponents are like, um, uh, factor fiction or, or you know, like Jace, yeah, Architect yeah. of Thought, stuff like that. Or where, Karn or something. Yeah, like Karn, it rewards you for being a better player uh, or more enfranchised player than than someone new. It's it's kind of like a scrub check type thing. Uh, but when you do those, like, those browbeat kind of things or, or, you know, those punishment mechanics like we had in Born of the Gods, those were all just so terrible. But this one, they didn't have to spread it out again a, a bunch of different a bunch of different cards like they had to do in Born of the Gods. They could just kind of focus and make a very good singular card. And I think they they nailed it. Yeah, I agree. Um, what, what was? Yeah, it, it's just this this format is just so awesome. I and probably I'm I'm gonna find the the cheapest fastest thing. Uh, and probably play standard again because it's just it ravnica is something that pulls people back into magic it, it pulls you know the old guys that have left it pulls new people in uh and and you know where we once made fun of it because it's like oh wizard is running out of ideas we're just kind of treading water at this point and i say all this and, and next set's going to be fantastic but then the third set, they're going to blow up the world, and it's going to be the Eldritch Moon of Ravnica, and I'm going to be pissed off again. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Eldritch Moon. You take that back. That, was a, that, that was a fun. That was a fun limited format. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but it's I don't know thematically, and I, I feel tell me that they didn't kind of shit the bed going back to Innistrad and kind of screwing it up. Well, it's nowhere near as good as original Innistrad, but it was still. I had a lot of fun drafting both, you know, Triple Shadows and then Eldritch Moon as well. I mean, hell, it was more fun than what was right. Oh, it was more fun than Zendikar. I mean, come on, Battle for Zendikar. I liked it. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was, I. It was that was a boring freaking draft environment. Yeah, it was just it was just dumb things hitting the wall against other dumb things. Uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I loved being able to ramp into Ulamog and draft and all that. But, you know, <laughs> battle it, never. Yeah, battle never did it for me. I liked Oath. Like, I. Yeah, I, had, I always o Oath. Oath at least made green good again in draft. Sure. Because sure. green was so bad in battle. Seth, what was your favorite draft format? Well, I haven't had a whole lot. I really enjoyed back in the day of the Kavu with invasion look at you i thought i thought that was like i don't know when you're a kid i, I was playing a lot of pokemon too at the time 
and I felt like Kavu was the closest that helped bridge that gap for me. Like, who was it? Young Corpse TV right now in the chat. Like, my fiance, she loved Ixalan, even though it was I was not a fan of the draft environment, but just dinosaurs. Just having the tribes and the themes that... It, I like the themes of it, too, yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just got to say, you know what, Wizards, I appreciate you taking a chance and going down this road and seeing what happens. Thanks for not going back to it, but I appreciate you giving it a shot. Um, it was such a... That was such an unfun... Um, not even tied, but what was the uh, Lorowin to me? I don't know. It just felt like it was Laura. It was going back to Lorowin with a new coat of paint and just not fun at all. Okay, I yeah. Know. See, I didn't play during that, but I know the at least I know the boxes are still worth a lot of money because people want whatever yeah. those cards are that are in them. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah for know. me, it would either be between original Innistrad or triple cons. My favorite draft format. Are, are we going back to Tarkir soon? I Isn't hope that, not. I, I think I think what the word on the street. I think there's two popular things that we're going back to after this. Thematically, it makes sense, and that's uh, return to New Phyrexia or yeah. return to Theros. I think it's going to be oh, one okay. of those two. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think yeah. story wise, we're going back to New Phyrexia because of just what Karn said in the Dominaria story. And we got to hear what happened to Koth. Like, what's he doing in the Phyrexian arena? Yeah, He's chilling. He's just hanging out. Just beating up Phyrexian dudes. And and we're finally going to beat the Phyrexians this time, right? Are we going to get a Yogmouth card? No. We already no, got we're gonna a get, Yogmoth. We're going to get Yogmoth. We're going to get Yogmoth. That's our Yogmoth. Yeah. We, we already we, got that. Take other people's graveyards. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the Demir card, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Sweet. But we made a final offering to Yogmoth, but we just don't know what he did with it. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting his Vorthos on. You could stay. Um, yeah, we we got a we got a little let we got a little more than a half an hour left because uh, we're only going to be with you tonight for about ninety minutes. So let's kind of move on. So I mean, just to put a bow on on the whole pre-release thing. Obviously, uh, the three of us that went. Sorry, Johnny, but we had a blast. Uh, I think I could. That's safe to say, right? For the the two. Oh that, yeah, for sure. It was okay. I think Magic's going to transition to the point where it has a pre-release every weekend until. <laughs> Please, no, I can't, I can't I afford that shit, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please, I'd have an actual shot at actually playing one. No, I'm not allowed. No, it's 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 no. just a it's so much fun to be back to Ravnica, and I can't wait uh, for the next one. Uh, what does it have a name? It does have a name, uh, right? Ravnica Allegiance, I think it's called, or Allegiances. God, that's worse. I think Alliances of Ravnica. Oh, okay, that's not bad. So, yeah, the reprints as well. Alliances of Horde. <laughs> oh, but I'm uh, with the World War Two. Get out when I am done. <laughs> just got fired. Seth, you need a job. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a decent job. I'm happy with it. It but doesn't pay well. well. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Who gets paid for this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we get paid in hats, but that's awesome because I love this hat. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about... Sh so, uh, should we even touch on the Amazon thing, or should we go right into the other thing? Uh, mm, do, you, uh, do you guys want to talk about the Amazon thing? It happened. It's a shitty deal. Um, but it's... Yeah, I guess I'll just say, because I, I usually do, like, a month wrap-up, but when you show me, like, hey, here's what we're going to touch on during the episode, I was like, all right, don't need to worry about making that video. But from someone from the outside who had no context of it, just saw it blow up on Twitter, I was surprised to see that Wizards made this move to say, all right, we're kind of changing how WM, WPN licenses, whatever allowances are happening. And someone in the PR department or someone in marketing didn't say, hey, we kind of have this feel-good story that we've been running with that will no longer be 
you know, valid or whatever credentialed, if we go with this route, we should do something proactively instead of having to have people, you know, stomp their feet and put put wizards on blast. That was it was just disheartening to see because it feels like there's so much potential for this game to be that. I don't want to get like too cheesy about it, but for me, Magic was a game that it kind of took you to that next level. It's not just playing War and Goldfish and whatever. It's a game that you can really grow and develop, and you can be a kid and play against adults and that kind of thing. And I think Magic has so much potential to keep pushing that almost like agenda of theirs. Like, let's get it into the hands of kids that can't afford it regardless. Let's get it into the hands of kids that are in school and in that middle school age. And to make a move like this that makes that harder is really just frustrating to see. Sure. So wait, you're saying the Amazon thing makes it harder for people to acquire magic? Is that? Oh no, no. I thought you were talking about how there was the they changed the library. Seth's talking about the library story. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thought... Oh, the Amazon thing I think's got a little blown up because yeah. you could go online, eBay or TCG Player, and find boxes for under ninety four bucks. I think that's kind of a. I, I think that, that's always I think been it, the case online. It literally, just yeah. was a bad PR move. I mean, right. because it, if if wizard like I've been I, I've been kind of high up in the corporate world in my past life like a couple of years ago no and if they just would have not announced it i think it would have been better and, and yes you want your your big corporate entities like you you, you want to say that you respect honesty but sometimes you kind of just don't want to see how the sausage is made and i think this was the perfect example of that i think if they just turned it on Maybe no one would have noticed. Maybe the people that needed it would have noticed. If, if think about it, if like if you're someone that needs something, like doesn't have an LGS or or whatever, and you want to purchase things on Amazon, you would click. Like I, I've clicked it before. You know, click Magic the Gathering, see what pops up. Oh shit, I could buy directly from from Wizards and all that. I, I don't know. It, it was just like. But it was I, them I, sticking their foot in their. I don't think the actual I, thing was, was that crazy. I think it was just them sticking their foot in their mouth. I what, think it would have been worse if they yeah, didn't what, say any. It would have hit Reddit. It would have trended. It would have been a scandal because what would have yeah, happened was, oh look at what wizard people. Because first of all, Magic players they're all about cracking codes and breaking the game and figuring sure. out what's broken. And they would have somebody would have picked up on it. Somebody would have talked about it. And it was like Wizards is being shady, and Wizards doesn't need that PR. So they tried to get it out in front of it. You get enough and, bad PR lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I but think their issue was the the month before though they said we're done with direct sales. We're only letting people go through distrib like LGSs all have to go through distributors. All yeah. big box stores have to go through distributors. And then the next month they say, "Oh, by the way, we're throwing it on Amazon." To me, That's that was the biggest like, "Wait, why? Why not just make that change?" Because they said we're taking the people away who are doing direct sales to then support stores and use those resources to help keep the community, the paper community, supported. But then to say, "Nope, time for Amazon direct sales because we want to make it." You know whatever spin they put on it that's what was like mixed messages you know yeah and it does seem it does seem odd i mean what was the the msrp they're putting on amazon is going to be 95 ish yeah 94 and change which is i guess technically slightly above some of the online stuff so they're not yeah. necessarily undercutting the online stuff but you know my local game store they've changed their they've i've already asked them they're changing up their discount policies like they have a punch card system that you couldn't get punches on boxes now they're getting punches on boxes and for them they got to clear they got to sell the box at 120 to make it worth their time like yeah. regardless of how much margin yeah, LGSs get, aren't going to make money off boxes i mean yeah well, the buy box such a promo, small margin now yeah the buy box promo has a price tag on it now of whatever the difference is between their price and the amazon price yeah and if 
was not going to be good, then I, I was yeah. really excited about the buy box promo. Even if Nexus of Fate was kind of a, a punch in the gut to some people for standard competitive play, I love the idea of giving the LGS something exclusive and unique. But if it's if it's going to be a thirty dollar difference and that card's not a thirty dollar card, that 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 hurt. It, well, it, it kind of undermines the the whole thing. Like they the the message. Um, they want everything to be more accessible, yet you do this and it's less accessible. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with yeah, the stupid uh, mythic Ravnica bullshit. I mean, that is, again, you want your your game to be more accessible to the to the guy that's living out in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have LGSs or, or whatever and that doesn't have access to an LGS. Well, here's this. Um, and it's just like, but, but you saw what happened today. Like literally people were going online and what I mean, Watsy was double charging him twice, um, or Hasbro rather. This, this is above Watsy. This is like complete corporate scum at this point. Um, who's charging people's cards twice, and then you see all these transactions refunding and everything. And then the website, I guess, shut down, and they said that they're not going live until tomorrow. So who even knows what happened to the people that did get their card through? Oh wow! It's just yeah, it's just uh, like two monkeys trying to fuck one football, and it, and I just don't. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that. A dusty meme great. I haven't heard since. Calmly just says, I like that. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good point. So Pump Pump says uh like we don't know what Hasbro's hand is in this, which I think is a very fair statement, since they're the ones that or you know, getting some type of flack. I'm sure shareholders want some type of yeah. Hasbro movement. makes risk and monopoly. They just want they just want the spread. They're they're just yeah. working on spreadsheets. They're they're the yeah, Kroger. They they're the you know insert corporate people here. They're they're a bunch of they're they're twelve white guys in a in a in a boardroom smoking cigars and and laughing at layoffs. It, it's just that's Hasbro. That's that's their hand in this. Who cares? Uh, it's Watsy gets. They're the forefront of the wave of bullshit, and it kind of sucks. You know, you could feel bad for them or not, but they're just like, they're they're the messenger, right? And and everyone's killing them. And, and even with the story that we're gonna talk about, because it's just like their hands are tied, and, and you know they kind of want to do the right thing, but they're tied down by the the corporate asshole too. So it's it, it's tough. It is tough when you feel like they're making moves for short-term profits and that someone who's making the decisions doesn't see how it's going to affect the longevity of the game. I think that's what that's what makes me concerned. Like, does this feel like it's helping the game and the community for the long term, or does it feel like someone's trying to get their, you know, get their bonus or whatever it is? That's that's what always makes me kind of hesitate and white knuckle it a little yeah. bit as I as I try to not vent and get all emotional about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I've I've got like two more points on like the whole mythic thing and the Amazon thing. The whole mythic thing, somebody I can't remember when I heard this, but there was talk about how these promo cards, these planeswalkers, special art planeswalkers, they may have been slated for a Hascon that wasn't that never ended up happening because there was Hascon last year, but there's not one this year. So there's also that little kind of conspiracy theory that these are cards that were already slated that they needed some platform to sell them off at that would have been a hascom but it just didn't happen man you got so, some sources in the trenches you got people that are just all I, up in wizards aren't don't I, you? I, I yeah because i've got so many fingers on the pulse please <laughs> that's, that's, that's the feeling i'm getting you're the go-to guy 
but the other you know as far as the whole amazon shipping direct kind of thing it, this puts a more it does put more of a squeeze on stores and what i think is going to happen you're we will we will likely see more die off of lgs's in the next five years and the ones that survive will have to diversify they will have to have something else going on either they have such an array of inventory and the population to support it that magic does not make or break their sales or they're offering some other service on top of that. Um, the best example I can come up with would be something like face-to-face -face games in Toronto. I checked in with Milo, I asked him like, what's that store in Toronto that has a deli sandwich counter built in with their whole store? And they do healthy sandwich lunch options, like they're feeding their customers. So, you know, what will end up happening is all the locals that die off are the ones that were sustaining themselves exclusively on magic or mostly on magic. And if they didn't diversify now or five years ago, basically, they're not going to survive this Amazon again. But the truth of the matter is the new stores that do show up will be piggybacked onto other businesses that are either restaurants and pubs where it's allowed to actually do that kind of thing or some other, like who knows, like Amazon, didn't Amazon buy Whole Foods? Is that right? Yes, that is. So watch watch Whole Foods start putting up LGSs because they can feed their player base and sell their magic cards. And it's sure. all Amazon. So that's that's my takeaway on all that. I thought think Wizards did a cool thing, though, giving, giving LGSs the right to do alcohol during their events. Not that I drink, but to allow your... If that's what your demographic wants to do, at least Wizards kind of gave that back to the LGS when it took away this or, you know, started making moves that hindered their sales with boxes and such. I think that's one of the smartest moves they did for the adult yeah. market. I agree. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, do you think that – so So basically, Johnny, what I'm taking away is you think that Amazon might be prime. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> might be primed to acquire Hasbro or at least the like Wizards of the Coast section of Hasbro? Um. I don't know how big Amazon is. I haven't looked into them. But They're like huge. I'm they always – buy everything. If they if they can buy Whole Foods, they can probably buy Wizards. And honestly, that might be if they're like, well, we're gonna sell it. They're gonna Amazon's gonna figure out how to sell magic better and they'll sell it everywhere, anywhere they can. So they'll open up their little mini play areas of twelve tabletop kind of thing in, in Whole Foods little cafeteria areas like I don't oh, see why though. I feel like that'd be a loss for them. I don't know. Because why bother building stores like that? Just think how expensive it is to run a store, and then you're thinking about nationwide too. Well, there's a I, I live in like the hub of Amazon, and like even there, there's an Amazon store now in Bellevue, Washington, that doesn't even have checkers. Like we are like cashiers, we are mm -hmm. in the world of the Matrix, so they could save money on labor uh, because labor, especially uh, union labor is very expensive and they mm -hmm. could just kind of all go to this kind of digital realm and have kind of a lower overhead. And that's why they could kind of, you know, shrink the margins just a little bit. So I, I could see them doing that. I mean, Amazon can, th that's a company, Amazon, Google, all these things could afford to sell at a loss for the fact of, of expanding a brand. So I, I could totally see that happening. Well, and judges have shown that they're generally speaking, judges are willing to make that personal sacrifice just to help the community and help the events go on. So if sure. Amazon could start using those pilot stores and they're like, you know what judge show up with six boxes, we'll send you some promos after the event, scan your code or whatever. And I'm just saying if there's a will, there's a way for sure. If mm, there is, yeah. but I, I don't yeah. see, cause Think about just 
an LGS by itself, there's not a whole lot of profit off of opening an LGS. So why would a big store like Amazon even do it when they can just easily just, hey, we're going to sell it online instead? Well, they've already they've already got the square footage. Like if they they've got the capacity to buy the businesses that have the square footage, that's part of it. Like, and that's but, but it's, it still doesn't make sense business wise, though. But there, once there's, you a, there's a difference you... between owning a grocery store than owning sure. a game store, right? All Amazon would have to get some type of analytics going on where they showed here's what will keep people in the store the longest, spending the most amount of money. And if it happens to show that magic players are the people that sit for the longest and spend the most money per hour in a brick and mortar residence or, you know, establishment, I could see that happening. I'm kind of with you, Zuby, on I don't see Amazon having this mastermind plan. Of because it, it, magic. Would, it would yeah. make more sense for GameStop to do that. Because they already have all the stores. Why well, not they just redesign? That, weren't they? Wasn't Magic? Well, no, the- th- no, that was just a rumor started yeah, by yeah, yeah. freaking Rudy and all that oh, bullshit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, 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 let me ask you this: What? What if? Okay, would it make sense for Amazon to buy Target? Um, I mean, it would, but I don't see why they would, or I mean, or why Target would even let it go unless they were in trouble. Well, I, or or I mean, Kmart just went out of business, so it's just like yeah. you know, insert whatever Walmart, Target, whatever. Amazon buys just a big box, uh, not a small box, not like an LGS, but a big box kind of uh, establishment, and now they own everything. And what is what do they sell? They sell magic, and then it's kind of this trickle down effect. And if Amazon owns it, then you know, it, there's there's just so many. It's just a snowball effect, and I could see. I can see where it's going to get kind of gross down the line. Do I do I see it in the next five years? Probably not. In the next ten years, though, maybe. I mean, retail no. retail stores, grocery stores, uh, are are a dying breed. You know, everything is, is the, shipped right to your house. They are, but I still feel like Amazon getting in the game store business. It's it's such a loss because. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about your area, but around here in Florida, I mean, you're not going to make much money off game stores. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, most gaming is just done online lucky. anyway, right? I mean, yeah. Well, Amazon gaming's and, fun, but it's definitely not the pinnacle money maker. And Amazon wouldn't put it any place where they couldn't support it, so it would hit places like New York City, LA, like yeah, it, it, it would be big places. Would have yeah. The population to support it. No, I'm not talking about Amazon like building their own little mini little LGSs somewhere. I'm I'm thinking like LGS is being built piggybacked onto another business to help absorb some of that cost and just have and a space that, that would make people. more sense yeah and that's what i'm talking about like someplace that will help put have more people putting their butts in the seats and buying their food and their drink and whatever they're selling like a whole foods or whatever just if it sells food if it helps promote business uh, some other business it's almost like a catalyst for something else but that's yeah. the only way i could see it doing that but that you know when we can get into our next one we were talking about yeah, and, and just the last thing I want to say, like, especially in the area, we have, like, and, and it's very, I'm very fortunate, we have, like, the cream of the crop as far as LGSs go. We have Box Boarding Lying. House here, Card Kingdom, all that is here. So is it going to affect those type of places where you is can? It? I don't know. Is, is it? it? Is it? Uh, no. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Geek Fortress, uh, you know, uh, Card Kingdom, all those type of establishments. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna skip a beat because they have that kind of credit to them. Yeah, they've got such a big establishment already. Exactly. But the 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 brick and mortar, who knows? But yeah, let's we got about we, we got about twenty minutes left. So let's we let's talk about this library shit. Let's do it. Mm. Let's get it on. 
Johnny, kick it off. Do you have the article that we could put on the screen, or is that? Oh, let me find the article. Okay, um, I'll find the article here. Okay, but uh, we're talking. We're talking about the the. the so, I'll here's the the TLDR. You've got somebody who does TO work um, connected with a local game store that didn't have a play space about eight years ago. The gentleman's name is Richard on Twitter. It's at Manaburned if you want to go it's, find uh, him. And Bruce Ricard. Bruce Ricard was... Bruce uh, Ricard? Bruce yeah, Ricard. There you go. He, he is someone that is a huge... He was. He used to work for Watsy. He's just newly an ex-Watsy employee, so he has been in the works... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Sorry. So he so they had this thing going on where he got a youth program going at a local library where they were using the WPN status with the store that didn't technically have a play space to get the pre-release packs and all the promo stuff and then they go and they had they were packing this this L this library program like 36 kids would show up they capped it at 36 and they had a pre-release for youth. It was really a cool idea and that in the article, they talk about how it was a big draw for younger players, especially when the parents didn't want to leave them at an LGS or leave them in the neighborhood that the LGS was in. It was a safe space, and it even lended itself to kids taking library books out to actually read. So it was it was a like a this symbiotic relationship between the library and the game store and just the players, and it was all torn apart because Wizards of the Coast is going through this process where they are going through their WPN stores and recertifying them and making sure that they're meeting all the criteria. And when it came back that the store didn't meet this criteria, they pulled the pre-release program. And then we had the big blowback on Twitter, on Reddit, and, and everybody was like, what the hell is going on? Tables are getting flipped. And, and basically... You know, Zuby has a counterpoint to this that we're going to go to because it, it, he has he has his, I want to hear his angle. Because, well, well, well you know, before that, before before that, it was it was spearheaded. I mean, Bruce Ricard is, is a well-known, respected person in the community because of his time with Watsy. He used to write for uh, you know Daily MTG all the time. But this was spearheaded by Evan Irwin because it was a because Bruce Ricard is now joined Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, formerly. Uh, gathering magic now it's cool stuff inc so this was a cool stuff inc type article and that's why i think evan Irwin, being the manager of um social media or whatever i think the media manager for cool mm -hmm. stuff inc, he spearheaded this so i just want to caveat with that go ahead zoo well no um did it say in the article because i read it but i don't remember if they specified a date when they received this notice of hey we have to recertify stores did it say I don't remember. I don't recall. Uh, neither do I, but it sounds like it was the, the time. It just sounds like the timing landed just prior to the pre-release. Yeah, okay. Right. Because they had to miss the pre-release because they couldn't at yeah. that time make different. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing that I can say is, I mean, yeah, WPN's policies for that are pretty crappy for that. But if the store, you know, it never had a play space, then I really put the onus on the store on that point. And why didn't Bruce reach out to another store sooner if he knew he wasn't going to be able to get these pre-release kits? If he already knew that they were going to be, um, you know, denied or whatever, did he reach out to another store or anything? I mean, 
Well, let's know, assume that I, he had another store. I guess my thought is he just doesn't have another store, but that's a pretty bold assumption. Yeah, on my but, well, but, no, no, no. But, but you're right, though, Seth. It was in, it, like, the article stated in the area there was nothing. I think the library was kind of like almost like library slash rec center where these kids kind of came together. Yeah. And yes, the LGS had a small space, but they didn't have a play space or anything. Exactly. They made it work with this, with, with them spawn. The LGS was connected to this library, uh, to the, to all the library events. Uh, and that was basically their play space. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I put the onus on the store for that, for never having a play space. How did they ever get certified with WPN to begin with? If, you know, how did they even run, tournaments or events or anything like that and record it if they never had a place to play did they always just have them outside of the lgs i mean granted it's a shitty policy of what happened you know with them you know these kids not being able to play but it's really that store's fault is how i feel about it well i wonder if, like when you apply if you're able like some stores i'm sure maybe even like two stories you know, like one we have the retail space another we have yeah because I, I know I know to keep your WPN level, you have to have X amount of events a month or every quarter yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So how so how is a store staying alive if they never had a play space to begin with in terms they of WPN? They didn't have the oversight. Like the the way I think the way things were set up, and I I one of my friends who owns a store, we were talking about this a few years ago. The oversight wasn't there. Like somebody could apply for WPN status, take a picture of like some storefront, yeah. and just kind of fake the fake the numbers, send the application, and get the green light, and it never got checked again. And that happened for a long, long time. Yeah, and I've, I've heard those stories think, too. Yeah. I think what came up was this system got somebody was trying to game the system in the UK. And when they got caught, it was such a, like an, an, an egregious abuse of that whole system that was in place that wasn't being watched over. It ended up it it set wizards off on this. We have to go through a research process with this. We can't have this. They and they got very strict on their rules and regulations. Though the UK had the similar problem with stores that were using you know place they were too small. They had place days spaces next door the story popped up like a year and a half ago we were talking about this and it, it came out I and something yeah now. and that that kind of that came up and that's kind of where some of this new oversight's coming from so what the biggest issue was you know you've got somebody like um ricard doing this he's from wizards he's talked to them he's talking to wizards and they're just giving him the corporate riot act they're just telling him like well this is the guideline da, 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 da. goes up one more chain they're still telling telling him the same thing and it was just like this this clunky automaton response from a big corporation that was where we were getting a lot of this blowback because people were like this is fixable what what are you talking about this is everything you're hoping and wanting for and then boom it's it's blown up so I th the update to the story is that since then, Wizards has gotten in touch with Ricard. They have fixed that, and they are making they're figuring it out. It's just people are really kind of well. They they fixed it by getting him attached to another store. So was it that? And that's the other thing. Like I'm well, thinking, well, yes, the other store is sponsoring it, but they're still having it in the same library play space. Yeah, yeah. But the, you know, I'm just wondering. Like, I all I can think of is why. I can't imagine like a, a WPN store only gets so many events in a weekend as far as I understand. So if you're an advanced store, you get your four events, you get your midnight, your Saturday afternoon, your Saturday night, and your two headed giant on Sunday. And that's, that's it. So I find it hard to believe that a store that has a play space, we want to ship one of those events off to an offsite and lose one of their in-store events. That's what I'm thinking was the issue. 
Well, and also they're they're getting the product taken care of. They're there's Watsy. I think the product is on them, basically. So I think that's that's kind of why they would want to do that, um, because whatever store did pick it up gets it come out smelling like roses. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just you you kind of knew it, it's just sad to see that again you know watsy is is the messenger you kill the messenger and they just get blown up for everything but it's yeah. just like why did it have to come to a point where one of your ex employees you know had to go through all this rigmarole and you know have evan irwin one of the you know pillars of the community spearhead and make you look terrible with all the other you know, Watsy at this point couldn't stand any more bad press, so they're just like, "Fine, we'll we'll send them, you know, truckloads of of magic cards at this point, like just to get this taken care of." But you kind of knew that that was going to happen anyways because Bruce Ricard was in the walls. He knew what points to say, he knew what buttons to push, and ultimately he got his way. And whether Which that's I'm fair glad or not, he did, you know, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'm glad he did. And like I said, I feel. I put the onus again on that store. I feel like people putting, you know, getting mad at Watsy for it. Yeah, it's just, it sucks because that was what that one store was helping out with. And unfortunately, since they had to recertify, you know, like Johnny was saying with the all the people being fake and people trying to scam wizards. I mean, that's just an unfortunate side effect of what happened. So we're probably going to hear other stuff like this. You know, and the the one thing that really got me about this whole thing were, were people were claiming on Twitter like, oh, you know, Watsy needs to do better with getting events like this in the library. And I'm and to me, I hate that kind of mentality because, no, it's not on Watsy. It's up to your local community figures to do that kind of stuff. Well, Watsy I will say, just like, needs I, to supply the product. Well, I mean, when I first started getting back into magic, I emailed them and was like, hey, I want to get some events going for the kids in town. Is that possible? And they said, we'll reach out to a store. And then it's like, all right. I reached out to the nearest store. It's like an hour and a half away. And they're like, well, we can't technically sell you pre-release product because Watsy won't let us. And then it was, it just so happened to be the next set that came out. They said, okay, you can now buy pre-release kits for an offsite event, but you buy them through us. So it's like, okay, so there was some remedy for it, but it was yeah. really annoying that Watsy said, go talk to a store. When Watsy knew me going to a store meant I couldn't do anything outside of that you were spending your they, they didn't exactly know because it can be a case-by-case yeah. case basis and like i said it's not really up to watsy for that it's up to local think, stores and i think the frustration comes from if watsy if, if we want to grow wizards you have to get it outside of the people that know it and i don't think i mean i, I appreciate them doing these youtube videos where they pay other creators and they create sponsored content like day nine and some other people that aren't even magic figures or gamer figures to try and get people to see oh hey there's this awesome game waiting for you but to me, Wizards has this huge potential with, a, I don't want to say a competent PR department, but with a PR department that has a focus on getting people that have never heard or really tried magic to try it. And instead they just keep saying, well, we don't really have time, or I guess, uh, you know, sorry, that's just not really in the, you know, the rules, the regulations or whatever we allow people to do. And it, it, to me, it just seems like their focus isn't on the right things. Their focus is on just keeping the status quo, which isn't something that I would be well, putting I, all my resources into. I almost have to disagree with that there because I feel like their onus is getting more new players on it. And that's called magic arena, how accessible magic arena is, how many players now are going to 
act how many new players are going to actively seek out paper magic you know no, I that, can, that's a fair point but i don't think magic arena will get them oh my gosh you know i can play this cool digital card game oh if i go out and buy boosters oh i get more cards oh, okay cool oh you know they read that little marketing card oh, i can play this in local places now yeah Shannon. so that, i guess that would just be what's your perspective do you think paper magic is the ideal his like future for magic or do you think the online version and for me i think the online version is not because you, there's way more competition like i'm not going to play if i'm a 14 year old kid i'm not playing magic arena over fortnite or any other big game that all my friends in school are playing well, like, no, 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 it, that's understandable magic, like magic yeah magic the gathering dies or lives by paper magic so yeah i guess that's kind of the if that's the viewpoint though then i think the the focus of let's get everyone to look at magic arena and get them moved in that direction i think is a is the wrong long-term plan that that's just where my biases so if they started focusing I, I, on getting people into their lgs more or even getting like to their library like the young mage is saying we want to get temporary wpn statuses that's kind of what i've been trying to do as well but i just want to get you know in the hands of kids to me that's where that connection comes so, from. that's where that nostalgia and memories are built not clicking on the keyboard see and that's where i feel like a lot of the onus if you want more people playing paper magic your lgs's need to be doing advertising as well and not just have it solely rely on wizards but when they're undercutted by amazon how could they afford to do that that's just sealed product though <laughs> i know i'm just kidding yeah no like i don't and i don't have the answers either i'm not trying to act like i know what's best for magic it just my gut reaction is online play is not the future where magic's going to have this explosion of growth and a million people are going to be joining every day for a year kind of thing. Oh, it's not. I mean, trust me, paper magic is where it's at and where I want it to stay, but we have to be realistic here. Sure. That, you know, we should have had something like magic arena five years ago when Hearthstone first came out and magic mm -hmm. online, as much yeah. as I enjoy playing it, it's an abomination of a program. Let's just be honest. No, no, you may not mind it, but, I mean, when you look at the programming aspect of it, you look at all the bugs, the development of it, it's it's from the 90s. I mean, yeah, I will say it's fun when you go to like tap a land and then all of a sudden the game restarts and you see every play yeah. fast forward through and you're like, this is it's Carmen San Diego. We're playing Carmen San Diego in 2018. <laughs> no, it's we're, we're playing Atari or uh, ET for on Atari 2600. Oh. Hey, that was a good game, though. Mm, or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, you got anything to close off with? I, I think the biggest takeaway with this whole library event that I get from it, it shows us that Wizards does have the ability to be agile if they really need to be and want to be. And well, because that's all corporations. It, but it took a lot, even though it took a lot of a lot of pressure from the community to do it, they were able to make an adjustment and make that pivot. So that I kudos to them for seeing that it's, it shouldn't have had to take what it took. But, you know, I remember when um, young mage and pop mage were over on, on man cave, man cave TV, they're talking about their interactions with wizards and talking about the kind of lumbering corporate system that's in place. They're forecasting their money six, 12 months in advance. So, when you're talking about them about a new idea, you have to wait that long. Like, there's a lot of stuff already in the shoot, so they're, they 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 might not have that kind of wiggle room on certain things, but that they can show that they are able and willing to make that move when they have the, enough pressure from the, when the community likes like, hey, what the hell? This shows that they do listen. It that's the one upside on this. They do listen. They are paying attention, and when the act is when people are angry enough and shouldn't have to come to it, but 
they they will move. They will move in the right direction when they need to. And it, I just hope they would have a little more foresight and be like, oh, this is a great PR opportunity. We should get ahead of this and fix this now. That's that's real. That's all. A little more Aaron Forsyth is what you want. Oh, uh, Slivers, I'm I'm, con I'm contractually obligated to tell you uh, to look at the chat right now. Pack Rack Fever wants you to say something. <laughs> Wait, Pack. Oh no. Don't and now it. I've checked out of this library store. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my um, god, the front end and the back end were equally the worst. That's what we that's, said that's... here on 10th Street Hooligan tonight. Um there's a lot of hooliganing right now. That was this oh, was geez. Well, we need we need to break it up. We need to bookend. I mean, this is this got heavy, gentlemen. I mean, we started out with a musical number and uh it got real heavy in the middle. So, you got to kind of make it light. So, let's kind of go around. We're right at time. Let's go around the horn. Where can everyone find you? Johnny Slivers, why don't you kick us off tonight? You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Slivers and also at cardsphere.com. Yeah, cards, go to cardsphere.com. Google Cardsphere. You can find me in the blogs there. The trading post. The trading post, yes. I'll figure it out one of these days. Perfect. Hi, Ted. <laughs> Mr. Magic Wazubi. <laughs> I'm like the only one out of the the cast here that's not on Cardsphere.com because isn't Coach on there now too, or or didn't yeah. he get something? Yeah, he, he was on there stuff. before I was. Johnny yeah. was first. I, I'm the only one who's not on there. I, I I don't. I wonder if I should feel left out. You hear that, Doctor Efren? Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Magic Wazubi can be found on the following on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. You can reach me at Facebook.com/slash/MagicWazubi on Twitter at Magic with Zuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. You can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Perfect. Oh, sorry. <sighs> uh, before we get to Seth, I'm reading the chat, and now I'm furious. Uh, Young Mage, our, our boy Rhino, says I'm part of MTG drama again. This time, MTG Lion says that Wedge bullies me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, the hooligans are jumping over and hunting a lion so to speak because no one messes with the rhino <laughs> you mess with the rhino you get the hooligans oh <laughs> sorry seth you get you don't get a sign off because we got to end on that no i was joking uh, <laughs> that's all right mountain man mtg himself seth thank you so goddamn much for joining us sir where can everyone find you yeah, you can check out my YouTube channel at Mountain Man Magic and Twitter at Mountain Man MTG. Because I guess Mountain Man Magic's too long for Twitter handles. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Just I guess you can find me on Reddit too at Mountain Man Magic, all the same one word. And yeah, YouTube, Twitter, just here to have some fun, y'all. Sorry, sorry, young mage. Ignore it. Just yeah, yeah. Forget yeah. MTG Lion. He's a waste of space. He all sucks. Right. I want my oxygen back. Uh, no, but I mean, Seth. You could also find him on a second channel, the sixth uh, member of Backstreet. But you can find me <laughs> right here on this channel. They said we said you could find uh, tune in next Wednesday in the afternoon uh, for Olivia Gobert Hicks, the awesome cosplayer. She just uh, was on the command zone. Uh, she is awesome. Can't wait to talk to her. She's going to be drinking some seltzer. I'm going to be drinking something with a lot more carbs than seltzer. I'll tell you, cause I just don't care. Uh, and then yeah, the next uh, tin street, we got Mr. Man cave himself 
finally i'm letting eric on the show i mean <laughs> i guess i guess right uh no just kidding i uh, that's gonna be a great time there is a caveat he does have to drink an ipa which i cannot wait uh to see him try to stomach that but yes oh, uh find me on twitter at orzov done also on reddit the same way but until next time i don't know do we have a sign off for this show i don't even know i want it we that way each other's oh hard. God, you can stay. Uh, Zoob, welcome back, dude. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Goodbye. NPK, thanks.